Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. When we aren't afraid of death, we are less afraid of life. From these episodes, I aim for all of us to take more risks in life, go after our dreams, have great relationships, and maybe a lot of joy in the process. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today on our show, I'm delighted to introduce you to Dr. Raj Parti. Dr. Raj was the Chief of Anesthesiology at Bakersfield Heart Hospital in Bakersfield, California, when his life was turned upside down by an illness that led to seven surgeries. The final surgery led to a profound near-death experience that changed his life. Dr. Raj now leads workshops, conferences, and provides custom wellness coaching and helps people with diseases of the soul. Welcome to We Don't Die Radio, Dr. Raj. Yeah, I'm honored and it's my pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. I I spent the morning on your website, which for our listeners is Dr. Dr. Party. P-A-R-T-I dot com. And I, of course, I will put a link to your, to you on my website, We Don't Die Radio. But you're just so inspirational. And it, it seems to me you're going to open up a whole world that both myself and the listeners haven't heard before. So if you um, don't mind, just you're in Bakersfield, California right now? Yeah. Okay, that's very hot here. Yeah, it's hot here today too. I'm in Massachusetts, and it's almost a hundred degrees. So just this time of year. So hopefully you're in the air conditioning. I'm in air conditioning, and the good part is the heat is dry heat, so it doesn't bother me. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your story because um, I find it fascinating. Um, medical doctor, and what? illness and what surgeries and can you tell us a bit about your story yeah i'll be in in brief okay okay in august of 2008 i was diagnosed with prostate cancer so i had to go for a what is known as a radical prostatectomy when they remove the whole prostate wow but i flew to a doctor in florida because he was an expert and he did it through small holes in the belly rather than cut totally open and the prostate was gone so i was cured of cancer but it left me with a few complications, like scarring, and most uh, complication which affected my day-to-day living was incontinence. Hmm. And two years had passed, and my incontinence was not getting better. So the doctor at UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles, implanted a device so I can control my bladder function. Okay. But a week later, I got severe inf- fever, about 105, severe redness, and I was not able to, in my lower belly, and I was not re- able to go to the bathroom. So the device had become infected, and the infection was spreading to my blood, sepsis, which is severe blood infection. And then they had to, on Christmas Day, uh, do an emergency surgery and take the device out, otherwise I wouldn't have made it. And that's when I had my near-death experience. Well, tell us what that was like. You know... It was both uh, pleasurable and also horrific in the beginning. And, you know, most of the near-death experiences are pleasurable, but in my case, I had both experiences. And I'm actually thankful for both. And uh, 
first of all, after about 10-15 minutes after the surgery has started, I found myself floating near the ceiling, like an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. I could see the surgeons cutting me open. I could hear the conversation. I even heard the anesthesiologist tell a joke, which I verified later. I can't repeat the joke because it was not a clean joke. But you heard it while floating above. Yeah. And validated it that it was spoken. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And from there, my consciousness went to a place where there was a perpetual thunderstorm and I could hear different souls crying and wailing. And I was wondering, I was taking their kicking and crying, why am I here? And then telepathically, I was told because so far I had led a very mean, very selfish life. I was technically very good as a doctor, but I didn't care for my patients. Money was my main criteria in my life that time. Well, thank you for being honest about that. Not many people come forth with that level of honesty and vulnerability. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Because after that, I became 180 degrees now. So from there, after I had that realization, and I wish I had led a different life of love and service, I was helped by my father, who actually had been very abusive to me when I was a child, both physically and verbally. But here he comes to my rescue in my in the hellish realm. And he guides me through a tunnel. And in the tunnel, he gives me a piece of advice, which I would like to repeat, and it's applicable to everybody. He said, my son, if you keep your consciousness clear and you're truthful to your own self, the divine, the universe will take care of you. That's very profound. What did your father look like? As you remember him? Yeah, I remember him. You know, he was uh, uh, looking about 30 years younger compared to when he died. Oh, that's interesting. We often hear that we can be whatever age we wish we yeah. cross over. But I'm sure he looked healthy. Oh, he looked very healthy. Oh, good. 30 years. But ago. he had died at about 20 years ago. Uh, as complications from a heart surgery in Fresno, California. Wow. Yeah. From there, in the while I was in the tunnel, I had a review of my present life. The review, I would say, was in about a third person where I was feeling what other person was feeling with my actions, good or bad. So I could feel like if I was good to a person, how the other person was feeling, and equally if I was bad you know, mean or mean-spirited. For me, the most amazing was that I had two reviews of my past lives. Hmm. Yeah, and one of the past lives was that I was a poppy farmer in Afghanistan and I got addicted to the opium sap. And I honestly believe that some tendencies which we have in this birth are left over from the previous birth. Because after my prostate surgery I described, I was in chronic pain from the scars, and I was prescribed opiate narcotic uh, pills, and I had become addicted to those pills. So I think it was a leftover from my previous life as a poppy farmer. Interesting. Yeah. And then other life I represent, uh, I remember, was being a cruel prince in medieval times, and I was whipping poor farmers with a whip and asking my soldiers to do the same thing. And I think that manifested in my life being not so considerate to my patients and not being so helpful to other people. I only wanted to get ahead in life no matter what it costed. 
Wow. One thought just came to me. So many people have struggles in this lifetime, Mm -hmm. and we're really looking to see why, and even myself, I have a problem with overeating often. That's my medicine if I'm stressed, if I'm happy, whatever. I just what you just said gave me just a little bit of comfort that it may not be something that I've experienced in this lifetime. Any one of us who has a a chronic something we're battling, it could be something left over from a past lifetime. Yeah. And that's what, you know, like actually there's one doctor, Dr. Brian Weiss. Yes. uh, Most of the people have heard about him who uh, did a lot of research in past life. The way he discovered was because one lady had a, anxiety attacks and he could not cure her because you know no matter what he tried and he was a very well-trained psychiatrist and then in regression he found out that anxiety was a leftover from her previous life and when she resolved the issue from the previous life her anxiety went away wow incredible and what? i know of a couple you know who were have were almost getting divorced they were always fighting and actually what had happened in their previous life they had died while arguing in a car accident and they were still fighting that argument hmm. and they when they resolved the issues they don't needed no divorce that's great yeah uh, i want to hear just everything about you because you're fascinating but is there anything else you want to tell us from the near-death experience oh yeah 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 it is i'm only halfway oh i figured but i i just want to yeah. hear more about everything you're this might be the yeah. first of other interviews, Dr. Raj. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, back to you I'll with your more, story. more than happy to tell oh, anything. Thank you, thank you. And then when on the other side of the tunnel, I was greeted by two angelic beings, young men with a lot of vigor and robust, healthy looking with wings. And they telepathically told me they were my archangels, mm-hmm. Michael and Raphael. And it made total sense to me after I learned more about them, that Michael being the angel of... Uh, strength and the main, you know, chief angel, and Raphael being the angel of healing and is a patron saint for doctors. And they gave me a lot of divine wisdom, and they helped me come near a light being. And the light being's presence, I felt that my life will be spared, but I will have to lead a totally, totally different life of service, of sharing, of caring, and less materialistic life. And then I suddenly woke up in the recovery room, and since then, my life has literally changed 180 degrees. My What I eat, what I drink, what I drive, where I live, what I do for a living, what I watch on TV, every small aspect of my life has changed. You know, like I can give you examples in each field. Like, I gave my very lucrative career as an anesthesiologist to pursue to serving and sharing and helping people with depression, chronic pain, and addictions, wow. especially. And then I sold my 11,000 square foot house on a golf course lake where I was paying $15,000 a month mortgage to a much smaller house. I used to drive a sports Mercedes and a Hummer, and I sold those, and now I drive a Toyota Camry, a hybrid. So me and my friends skid around my life, literally, and figuratively went from Hummer to hybrid. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. what a difference it made. It was a, a wake-up call how to live life and what life is about. 
Yeah, and I help other people wake up. So I actually, in my speeches, I, in the end, I say, previously, I used to put people to sleep, being anesthesiologist. Now I wake them up. That's great. What else do you want to share with us? I know, were you, when you saw the archangels, were you Christian that you knew about the angels? You know, I, that's the funny thing. You know, I'm a Hindu by birth, and uh, I have heard about angels, you know, I won't say, but I didn't know about the names of the angels. And when I told the story to my wife, and my wife said, what happened to the thousands of Indian gods? None right. I'm sure the, you know, and I said, you know, I don't know, but I need to tell what happened. That's amazing. Yeah, so since then I've become a firm, firm believer in angels. And right now, like uh, I wear a pendant for Angel Gabriel and a bracelet too for Gabriel. Gabriel is the angel for communication. Uh, he's the messenger. He or she, some people say she, some people say he, is a messenger of God and brings divine wisdom. So like my prayers, I'm talking to you or when I speak, God, I do not know what to say. You have sent me, so you will guide me what to say. It is amazing, Dr. Raj. I find, too, that if I'm in the present moment and really listening, um, very often the right words just seem to come out of my mouth. Yeah. So I don't know if they're my words, divine words, what people need to hear, but it's certainly a gift. Yeah. So, you know, from my uh, experience, I came up with certain truths, you know, six, seven truths, you know, about the consciousness in life. And I can go over those. Yes, I would love that. Like the first truth I came to realize was with my out-of-body experience that consciousness can survive death. It can exist without body. That's good news. Yeah. And the second thing I realized with my having the past life uh, review and my eternal experience that we all have past lives which affect our present lives. That's also can be good news to give us a yeah. little bit of relief. Yeah. And then I met my father who had died 20 years ago. So that was the truth for me that there is life after death. And that is good news because so many of us have lost loved ones and are not yeah. only hoping that they're okay, but we're hoping we see them again. Yeah, I think we will see them again. And then when I was helped by the angels, that led me to the truth that they are angelic beings who are there, the ascended master, angels, saints, who are there to help us, but they only help us if we ask for, you know, because we have free will. That's interesting to ask. So I don't make it a practice daily to ask for help and... What you're saying is there's angels around us, but we need to ask. Yeah, they, you know, like that's what I, I form. That's my belief, and they do help, you know. And I sometimes even do a test. I'll say, Michael, if you're around me, show me a proof. And invariably, I will run by a gift shop or some place where the name Michael is written, or I'll meet somebody who's Michael, you know. So, you know, you can test, you know, if angels' presence, you know, like I test them often. That's great. Is there an angel of health? Yeah, Raphael. Raphael, okay. Raphael, yeah. Very good. Yeah. I have that. a giant smile on my face <laughs> right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all you're giving. Okay, back to your truths. I think that was number four. Uh, 
I, I don't forgot know. the number. But that's all right. Keep talking. Yeah, Love and you. then I was in the presence of the light being. Mm-hmm. We all I felt was love and truth. And there I realized that the light being or the God or divine, or whatever you want to call, essential nature is love and is unconditional love. Like God loves us all. You know, but there is a little, and then the other truth I realized because I started in the hellish realm, a lot of people ask me if God is unconditional love, then why did he have to go to hellish realm? Yes. And the best answer I have come with it is like my mother's love for me is unconditional. Even if I commit a murder, she is going to forgive me. Right. She is, she, she is still going to love me no matter what. But I still have to face consequences from the murder as a law of nature. So God is kind, is forgiving, but we still have to face consequences of our actions. Dr. Raj, do you believe that there's a hell that we can be sent to, or do you think something different? You know, hell is... I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, like I, I experienced hellish realm and my experience so from my experience I will say there is hell but there is not a hell where you are there forever and there are ways to get out of hell like I did by prayer by love by repentance that's good news too yeah and asking for help so you know in my case the God showed up as my father to help me but in some cases I have read about God showing up as God and helping the person get out of hell. Mm-hmm. Because God's love is unconditional, but at the same time, we have to face consequences of our actions. Right. But there is hope. That's what I'm trying to say. By love, by repentance, by asking for help. What a, what a good lesson to learn, because I think for some of us, we can repent and, and do those things while we're still on earth <laughs> and be the yeah. best person we can be and ask mm-hmm. for forgiveness and make amends. Yeah. I've honestly believed that, you know, and that's what I try to do too. My life has literally changed from that time to service and sharing. I volunteer in a hospice. Then I do coaching quite often free, you know, like, uh, and I'm blessed, you know, by God as my service now. I call it seva. Seva is a Sanskrit word, unconditional service, you know, helping somebody, a fellow human beings without any, expecting anything in return. That's great. Like, for example, I'll give an example. I was in uh, Munich when I was coming to America for the first time, and I had lost my passport and ticket. And there, a person looking like my features came to my help. I asked him, are you an Indian? He said, no, I'm not an Indian. I'm a Pakistani. And Indian and Pakistan have fought three wars in the last 60 years. And we grew up like they are hating Pakistanis. They are enemies and they hate us that we are their enemies because of religious differences. They are Muslim. We are Hindus. But that person took me to his house, fed me. Next, he took the day off, showed me Munich, and then made a few phone calls. And passport ticket was found. Now, what that Pakistani did to me is service or seva I'm talking about. He had nothing to gain except being a nice person. Right. And that's what I talk about. And like, 
Can you imagine if doctors, lawyers, and especially politicians take that attitude that I'm here to serve? Oh, that would be incredible. The world will change, you know. We won't have that many wars, you know. We won't be, there will be no fanatics, no, you know, it will totally change. Well, and the ironic thing is it feels good to give. Oh, yeah. Actually, oh, yeah, you reminded me, you know, there was a study done. There is something known as mirror neurons. Okay. We all have mirror neurons. Like if you move your arm and if I'm looking at you, same neurons in my brain went fire to about 30%. When I'm moving, like my left arm, your yeah. neurons will fire in you like you're moving your arm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And same way, if you're in pain, I will feel that pain. And the 30% of my neurons will fire. The beauty is this, like they did a study and, you know, effects of love and service can be measured in blood because with love and by service, the good hormones like oxygen, Content, not oxycontin, that's a drug, oxytocin, yes. growth hormone, prolactin, DHEA, they all go up. And the stress hormone, like epinephrine, non-epinephrine, cortisol, they all go down. The practice of love and service. The most amazing thing is the person who is being served is, of course, benefited. The person who is serving, he's benefited. And because of the middle neurons, the third person who is just observing this action is benefited too. That was very amazing to me. Oh, that's Everybody wonderful. gets, you know, benefit. I've heard stories of people that have done something great, and I get a warm, happy feeling inside me. Exactly. It could be listening, it could be witnessing it on TV. Mm-hmm. That's great news. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like when I was in the presence of light being, I had felt that I was a part of the light being. And at the same time, I was separate from the light being. So I was given the realization, the other eternal truth was that we all are parts of the same spark. We are sparks of the same light. And we all are connected to each other. So we have to help each other, like, and to practice love, which what the essential nature of God is. Okay, that's excellent, excellent advice. Yeah. Dr. Raj, what do you think the point is for us being here on Earth if we don't die and there's this great, I mean, great things in the hereafter with the angels and things? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I've given thought to it. And I think the purpose here is to, first of all, it is a school, I believe, to, is evolution of consciousness. Previously, there was evolution of the bodies. But now it is evolution of the consciousness, so we go to higher and higher realms. And ultimately, by serving love and caring for other people, we go to heaven and we become part of God. And ultimately, if I really look at it, the world is actually all God's play. Wow. But at a very deeper level, you know. Uh, right, much deeper, deeper level. Yeah. So what kind of advice would you have for your fellow travelers? Obviously, um, make a difference for another person, but maybe you could talk a little bit more about what you teach in your workshops and what you share about. Yeah. You know, the main thing I emphasize is, like, one does not need a need that experience to transform. 
that transformation is available to us right now by practice of love, service. I talk about three or four main things. And the four things are prayer, meditation, service, and love. Practice of service and love. And like prayer, I would say, is when one talks to God. And meditation is when God talks to us. And the practice of service, which I call seva, Sanskrit word for unconditional service, and practice of unconditional love and caring for other people. And I actually came up with some principles, uh, 12 principles, which was part of my first book, The Soul of Wellness, the practice of love, practice of seva, and spiritual wellness, connecting to something higher than your own self, and connecting with something higher than your own self, for me, is God. For somebody who does not believe in God, could be, you know, preventing abuse to children, to women, or even earth. Something higher than your own self. That brings contentment and fulfillment. And I think we all have that within us. I mean, I think we get caught up on our daily struggles. But if we ask ourselves, if we no longer had any struggles, what would you do with your life? Where would you want to make a difference? And I think whether it's helping children or um, feeding the homeless, Mm -hmm. we all have some spark within us. Yeah. And to pursue that, regardless of what struggles we have, because it sounds like when we start giving and making a difference in what brings us the most joy, that will just do so much good for ourselves and for mankind. Yeah, I agree with you. That's what I'm, that's what my dharma or purpose has become in life, to spread prayer, practice prayer, meditation and service and love. And I'm having a great time doing that. Oh, yeah. I should ask you, how is that working for you? <laughs> yeah. It's working very good for me. You know, I have reduced my material demands. I have some savings and it's working out good. And how about your health? My How's health that? has improved dramatically. Hmm. You know, and actually about eight months after my ND surgery, I went back and got the device implanted again. And I have full control over my bodily functions and my I don't have chronic pain. I used to suffer from depression from all those things in my life. You know, why this went wrong in me, why I was mad at God. In a quote unquote, I forgave God because my mantra became three words forgive, love, and heal. And, you know, forgiveness starts with forgiving your own self. And love starts with loving one's own self. And then the healing happens at four levels physical, mental, social, and spiritual. And so my healing happened at all the four levels. Wow. Dr. Raj, what about people that. Um, have an illness and I mean I, I witnessed the death of my father and as mm-hmm. good of a man as he is was um, and he he gave his life for making a difference with other people Wonderful. he still died of cancer and was in an incredible amount of pain and I know there are people that are suffering that inside they might feel that they're loving and praying and meditating and making a difference for others how come, this sounds really tacky to ask this question, but how come we still have the illnesses and the diseases and, and all that? It's pain and suffering when people can be the best they can. Does, does that make yeah. sense, that question? It does make sense. You know, like this is the question, you know, man has um, tried to answer from Socrates, Pluto, from Jesus' time, Christ's time. Right. Why, you know, if I remember correctly, uh, 
somebody asked uh, Jesus, you know, this child is born blind, why is this blind? You know, isn't there a story like that? Yes. And because, uh, so this question has been there and the child was suffering, you know, because, so I, this is very hard to answer this question. Ultimately, I think it's all God's play, but at an individual level, it is for, it's a school, it is for us to improve, to grow. But this is, you know, like a question like people say, if God is all kind and has unconditional love, why are there uh, earthquakes? Why are, where, why is there famine? Why is there hungry children dying in Africa? Right. You know, if God is all loving. And to be honest, I don't have an answer. No, I don't either. And um, something that I believe, and I, you know, I, I think for each of us, it's easy to listen to what someone says. And is it the truth? Isn't it the truth? But I think as human beings, we have to find our own truths. And something, yeah. and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but for me, if my truth is, I don't know why the pain is there, the illness, the blindness, but somehow or another, was it whether it's right away or after the fact, it'll be a gift to my life. It'll be, I'll be able yeah, to exactly. learn. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. even, you said blindness, and I remember recently hearing a story about a little boy named Stephen who was blind, and his teacher, um, and he kept tripping over things in school, and his teacher said, but you have such a wonderful gift. You could hear a mouse in the room. No one else could hear it. And she really encouraged him, even though he was blind, and he was different. He was different in a good way. Well, this Stephen is Stevie Wonder, the musician. Wow. And so even with my own dad's death, I, I, I tried every alternative healing technique, Dr. Raj, everything, mm-hmm. even though I had faith that we don't die, but nothing helped. But out of that very painful experience, I ended up learning about grief, learning about more about the afterlife. I ended up writing my book. And yeah. even without any of that, I wouldn't have met you here today. Yeah, neither I would have. So like now... For me, being diagnosed with prostate cancer and having to go through the surgeries, having to go through, you know, even an ND through Hellishram, actually, I'm, I'm grateful for each one of those. I am very grateful for each one of those. And I, if those things wouldn't have happened, I would not be serving and caring and sharing and practicing love. I would be still money-minded, high-strung, mean doctor. Wow. You know? working hard and hard to make as much as I can to pay my mortgage and other expenses, you know, fancy cars, and they all cost money. But it was my cancer which actually opened this new field of love, joy, and peace for me. I I love your story. I really do. It's great. Thank you. And you're just so regular and human and honest. And there's some of us, though, Dr. Raj, that can be very inspired by your words right now. But then in a half an hour, go back to living our lives and forgetting what you just said. Is there any advice you would might give people for some of the negative thoughts that come up in our mind? Because we all have them. No, we all have them. That's why, you know, my fourfold answer, you know, pray, meditate, serve, and love. 
And it might be just as easy to have a little post-it note yeah, or carry something around with you that says those four words. Yeah, you know, like I even go, you know, like or practice the mantra forgive, love, and heal. And I actually say, forgive easily, love passionately, and heal quickly. Heal quickly? Yeah. Can you say that again? Forgive? I'm writing it down. Forgive easily. Easily. Love passionately. Like that one a lot. And heal quickly. Okay. Forgive easily, love passionately, and heal quickly. Great advice. Great advice. And a little bit about what you do now as far as what your coaching yeah. is, what your healing I, I, I do coaching, especially for patients. Well, I'm still saying patients or clients who had to go through diseases like me, addiction, depression, and chronic pain and cancer. And, you know, I encourage them to practice the modalities I just mentioned. Yoga also, you know, is very helpful looking at their diet, you know, what we eat, we become. And my other emphasis is giving lectures and writing a book. I'm writing a book on my near-death experience, Dying to Wake Up, is the title so far, the working title. Great, great, great title. And that's what I do to serve and share. That's wonderful. And I'm thinking you still believe in traditional medications, but... I do, I do. You know, like, if, to be honest with you, like I use the words, if I have a chest pain or a heart attack, I'm not going to be just sitting down and, and doing... And ohm. Right. And I'm going to call 911 and go to the hospital and have my artery opened up. It's using everything that we've got. Yeah, one has to be practical. You know, like if I break my bone in a car accident or just break my bone, I'm going to go to orthopod to straighten it and put a rod or something like that, not just suffer or not heal properly. Right, right. Well, I just wanted to make that clear because sometimes people say, well, if it's that easy, then prayer and meditation should handle everything. Well, I, I don't think so. I think there's a lot Because, you know, can... like I believe even the doctor has been sent by God. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, like people say, I believe in God and I won't do anything, uh, uh, you know, I'll just pray. But my view is the doctor has also been sent by God. And God is, yeah. it's an opportunity for the doctor to give and be, yeah. of, of, be of service. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think human nature is we like to help people and we like to make a difference. Yeah. and. And it's okay to ask. Yeah. That's where the mirror neurons I mentioned come in. You know, like, I feel your pain. So that is true. I feel your joy. I feel your pain. Wow. I love that science has matched this because so often, even growing up, I would hear stress causes diseases. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Well, (laughs) it has been proven that it does. And now just the opposite of how much you can create a, a, an opportunity for healing by feeling good, by being of service. It all makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Dr. Raj, thank you. Our time is quickly coming to an end, but mm-hmm. do you have anything else you want to share? You know, practice love as God loves you. Practice love as God loves you. I'm just saying that again because I'm picturing that God is loving, forgiving, wouldn't be hard on us, 
Yeah. No judgments, pure, mm-hmm. unconditional love. Yeah. And if that's how God is, and we turn to others and to ourselves. Yeah. Because how easy is self-love, have you found, with your patients? Yeah, it is back to the self-love uh, actually helped me heal. You know, I even could uh, talk to my friends and say, you know, I was so mad at God that I had to quote-unquote forgive God. You know, that's why I came with the word forgive, love, and heal. Mm-hmm. I've made so many notes. Practice love as God loves. Yeah. And I think that's important for all of us, not just in loving others, but in loving ourselves. Wow. Well, Dr. Raj, thank you, thank you, thank you. What an honor. No, it's my pleasure and honor to serve yes. and to be on the radio show. It, it is, and, and um, I appreciate it. And the to our listener, thank you for listening. Dr. Raj, his website is Dr. Party which is D-R-P-A-R-T-I dot com. There's a great video about him telling about his near-death experience and also everything that he's up to currently, where he travels, where he speaks, and what he does. It's just fascinating. And I invite each one of us to go to wedontdieradio.com. I'll also have some of the quotes that Dr. Raj just told us and a picture of him, his handsome self, and a link to his website. And I'd like to end with a quote from Dr. Raj. He said it earlier, keep your consciousness clear, be truthful to yourself, and the universe and the divine will take care of you. And also practice love as God loves. And lastly, forgive easily, love passionately, and heal quickly. This is Sandra Champlain. I do, with all my heart, believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.